Hey, Leadership on the Rocks community. All right, you know it and I know it. When you get the promotion, your organization is going to give you the title, the pay, and the people, but they won't necessarily equip you in how to lead. And this can leave you sitting in a valley of absolute overwhelm where you're fighting the same daily fires you always seem to be fighting. You feel like you just can't get ahead. Well, I get it. And that's why I created my five-day leadership makeover challenge. If you take my leadership challenge in just five days, I'm going to show you the right proactive tools that you need to get ahead and to put out those daily fires that you're always fighting. In fact, I'm going to show you what it takes to get to the next level and get another promotion and increase your influence and impact. So it's super easy and it's free. Just go to leadershipontherocks.com slash five days. That's the number five. So again, go to leadershipontherocks.com slash five days to join my five-day leadership makeover challenge. So don't miss out on this challenge. Give me five days with you and go to leadershipontherocks.com slash five days. And I want to raise up leaders like I want to fan the flame in anybody that God sends my way. But part of what being an apostle was, and this is hard, the apostles walked away from Corinth. They walked away from Ephesus. They came long enough to plant the seeds and then they moved on to the next place. So an apostle or a fire starter is not one who's going to be there forever and ever and ever walking hand in hand with this person. The fire starter is the one who comes in, lights the flame and says, you guys take it from here. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking with Janice Thompson about the importance of being a fire starter to mentor and stir up the gifts within other people. Now, award-winning author Janice Thompson got her start in the industry writing screenplays and musical comedies for the stage. Janice has published over 160 books for the Christian market. Yes, you heard me correctly. Over 160. It's amazing. She is crossing genre lines to write cozy mysteries, historicals, romances, nonfiction books, devotionals, children's books, and so much more. She particularly enjoys writing lighthearted comedic tales because she enjoys making readers laugh. Janice is passionate about her faith and does all she can to share the joy of the Lord with others, which is why she particularly enjoys writing. Her tagline, love, laughter, and happily ever afters, sums up her take on life. She lives in Spring, Texas, where she leads a rich life with her family, a host of writing friends, and three mischievous dogs. When she's not busy writing or playing with her nine grandchildren, Janice can be found in the kitchen baking specialty cakes and cookies for friends and loved ones. She loves to bake and blog about cakes, cookies, and other sweet treats on her out-of-the-box baking blog, even though she's currently on a weight loss journey. Y'all, she is a walking, talking conundrum, and she is amazing. So welcome to the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, Janice. I am so honored to have you on here. Thank you so much for having me. Can I make a correction to that bio? I had to laugh. Yeah, I had to laugh when you said three dogs because there are currently five in my house, (laughs) which is why I wanted to give you a heads up. There may be some yapping in the background at some point. So um, I have my three and then I've got two who are with me currently who think they're staying forever. I think Mm. the jury's still out on at least one of those. (laughs) Well, it's because you're so wonderful. They just want to stay forever. Uh, 
you know, Janice, you are the ultimate writer, baker, and family woman. But even beyond all of those roles, you're a fire starter. So I guess I really just want to ask, can you define for our audience kind of the biblical concept of what a fire starter is? Sure, absolutely. I had never really thought of myself using that term until, oh, I think it was probably 2002 or 2003. I was attending a really small startup church and somebody in the ministry there gave me that label. They said, you're a fire starter. And I started thinking about that. I'm like, well, what do they mean by that? And then as we Pyro? unpacked it, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't burn any buildings down. Not yeah. yet. Anyway. Um, but anyway, I started looking at that verse in, um, I think it's 2 Timothy 1, 6, that says to fan the flame that is inside of you. Well, I had always heard the other, one of the other translations of that verse, which was to stir up the gift that is inside of you. So as I thought about those two basically being the same thing, if you've got a flame and you're going to cook some um, meat on the grill, you want to fan that flame to get it going to put the meat on the grill. Somebody has to do that work of fanning the flame. That was what I would call an apostolic gifting. So the apostles went out and they fanned flames all across all of these multiple cities and regions that they went to. So when I started thinking about it like that, I thought, okay, that's the call that God's put on my life. I'm the initial person who goes out and says, oh, Bethany, I see a gift in you. Let's stir that up. Let's fan that flame. Or Mm -hmm. I look at a a writing friend over here and I say, oh, honey, you're a terrific writer. Let's fan that flame. Let's stir that thing up so that you can be effective. So basically, the way I look at a fire starter is it's somebody who recognizes the gift in somebody else and then does something about it. And, you know, it's so crazy because in my business, in uh, book writing, it can be really competitive. But in Christian circles, I have not found that to be the case. In Christian circles, we want to build each other up. That's literally what we live for. We see other writers, and it's in part because we're not going to be here forever. And Mm -hmm. there's work to be done. You know, there's the world is hungry right now, and somebody needs to be feeding them. Absolutely. And and so much of that just makes my brain go a million miles a minute and thinking about applying that concept to leadership. Because oftentimes in the workplace, it can be competitive. I can't have, you know, Joe Schmo over there who I work with looking better than I do. And a lot of times it becomes cutthroat. You know, we want the promotion and all those things. And that's not what we're called to. We're called to pour into each other and lift each other up and encourage. So can you help us make that transition? You talked about being a fire starter Mm -hmm. as someone who recognizes, stirs up, and kind of encourages, takes action on helping people step into what God's called them to. But how can you apply that concept of fire starter to leadership? So I think that it gets a little tricky, and I've been trying to find a balance in this over the past few weeks. As a leader, I want to be able to point to this person and that person and that person um, and to work with them individually. But if I'm not careful as a leader, it can become overwhelming to me, Mm -hmm. and I'm having to direct way too much time. And this one needs more from me. And that one wants more from me. And it can become pretty overwhelming. So I would say probably the best thing, this is something that as I prayed this morning, actually, God was showing me, he didn't give me these people that he's given me that I'm mentoring 
so that I could do all of the work for them. Mm -hmm. I'm here to equip them, to train them, to help them, but mostly to connect them with other people who have what they lack. So if I meet a friend and she's an amazing writer and she wants to publish a book on Amazon, I have a friend who formats books for Amazon. So that's not a task that I would do. That's something that I can make that connection between these two ladies. And so part of, and it really is a joy and a sorrow all at the same time, excuse me, battling allergies today. It's a joy and a sorrow at the same time because I want to do everything for these people. Mm -hmm. But I'm learning that if I do so much for so many, there's no time left for me Mm -hmm. or for for my work. So I, yeah, and I want to raise up leaders like I want to fan the flame in anybody that God sends my way. But part of what being an apostle was, and this is hard the apostles walked away from Corinth. They walked away from Ephesus. They came long enough to plant the seeds and mm. then they moved on to yeah. the next place. So an apostle or a fire starter is not one who's going to be there forever and ever and ever walking hand in hand with this person. The fire starter is the one who comes in, lights the flame and says, you guys take it from here. Yes. I love that. And there's so much goodness in in what you said. One, the mindset of a leader, a lot of times we think that it is all on our backs, right? We have to carry it all. We have to do it all. And I love that you pointed that out that, you know, being a fire starter, sometimes it's just recognizing something in someone that they didn't even know was there. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just the connection, the network piece of it. Hey, I know someone who has that same skill set. Maybe they're just a step ahead of you. Let me get you two to connect. And that is so important. But even backing up on that, the number one thing that I heard you say is how you are noticing people that God puts in your path. Because I think for so long, we're, we're walking around wearing labels on ourselves, right? And some of them have been, some of those labels have been given to us and sometimes they're self-attached, right? I'm putting my own labels on. So for me personally, you know, for the longest time, I'm just a teacher. Number one, I just hate that. I even said that just a teacher, you know, nothing more, nothing less, but you know, it took you calling me out because again, we are friends and you called me and no, you're a writer and you're a speaker. And I'm like, what? Like that never entered my mind. You unlocked a lot of the things that God, I think has poured into me that I didn't even recognize. Cause I attached that label. And I'm thinking how many other people out there have given themselves labels based upon their experiences or where they come from. And we're just not seeing all of the gifts and skills that God's given us to share in the world. So you know, for many of us, that that whole concept of Firestarter is going to be new and we're going to discount ourselves, right? Because of those labels, we're going to say, well, I don't have the title. I don't have the resume. I don't have the credentials. <laughs> so can you give us just an everyday example of how you've seen the role of being a Firestarter play out in just someone's everyday life, not even their career? I'm trying to think of someone in particular here. Okay, I have someone in mind. I have a wonderful friend and she's an actress and she's a singer and we've worked together at the theater for a very long time. I direct shows at a theater in Kingwood. Of course you do, because you're amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about all that. But anyway, um, I saw this friend of mine, Lindsay, on stage and she was remarkable in everything she did. But she got me off to the side one day and she said, I know that you're writing these plays that we're doing. I want to write too. What can I do? And so we met up at Panera one day and we had just a wonderful visit. 
And I looked at some of the things that she had written, just like I've looked at things you've written and that so many others have written. And you know how you just know when you see something and you're like, yep, this one's got it. She's got the gift. Well, the Bible says a word in due season. That's a good thing. If you can give a word to somebody at just the right moment to give them that encouragement that they need, it can light a spark in them that they didn't even know exist. So we met at Panera one day and I said, Lindsay, you are a writer. And she's just staring at me like, really? I said, yes, and I'm going to help you. So I reached out to my publisher and I said, I've got this friend. She's a young mom. She is amazing at all things that she does. I think you guys need to work with her. And I'm not kidding. Within a matter of months, she had a book contract and her devotional 180 devotions just came out uh, maybe six months ago. And I don't think any of that would have happened if we hadn't just gone to Panera and squeezed into that booth at the back Mm -hmm. in that crowded room and said, you have this gift. You need to use this gift. And then I gave her the tools that she needed on how to lay out the devotions the way that particular Mm -hmm. publisher wanted them. That's something I knew because I'd written for them for so long. And because I gave her the tools the door just opened seamlessly for her to walk right through and get that book published. And so now she's a published author as well as an actress and a singer and all of the other wonderful things that, that she was before. I do believe that that timely word of speaking, this is why if God says, say something to that person, I say something to that person. I'm not going to just let it slide by because you don't know, they may be at a fork in the road trying to make a big life decision right now. And if you speak that word in timely fashion over them and they take it to heart, it could change literally everything for them. Yes. And it's so important to lean into the discernment of the Holy Spirit, right? If you feel that prompting to speak, um, you know, definitely test it with prayer and, and the power of the Holy spirit, but speak up, you know, how, how many opportunities are we losing? Because we say nothing. We think it's oh the fleeting thought when it really could be God saying, Hey, go encourage, go. But, mm-hmm. you know, I love the fact that you're even pointing out Panera bread. <laughs> it, you took time to connect with someone, to have a conversation. So just, you know, one of the constant themes that we talk about on this podcast is that leadership is not about you. It's not about yourself. It's always about serving others. But the truth of the matter is that most people at work can be workhorses. We are all about managing those tasks and cranking them out and getting them done. And we don't take the time for conversation. We don't take the time to get to know people. So what advice can you give our workhorses out there that are listening to slow down have conversations with people, and then notice the gifts of their people? Oh, that's an easy answer for me. So I have to get out of my house. If I'm going to meet with you, it's not going to be here. There are two reasons I can't have you meet in my house. The first is, did we mention I have five dogs? They would be yapping (laughs) the whole time and annoying us. But the second is because almost every minute of the day when I'm at home, I'm hunkered down over my laptop. I'm spitting out that next blog post or that next devotion. I'm outlining that next uh, novel. I am 100% hyper-focused on my work at Mm -hmm. home. I have to close the computer, step outside my door, get in my car, drive to Panera. Panera seems to be the place where (laughs) everything happens with the connecting with people. And when I get myself outside of all of that, it it flips a switch in my brain. And suddenly I'm not Janice, the writer anymore. I'm the friend. 
I'm the encourager. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who, but I'm telling you because I'm very ADD. (laughs) If I don't close that computer, if notifications are popping up or something's going on, it's so, it's so hard to stay focused for me. So I have to physically remove myself from my work in order to focus on others. Think about it this way. Whenever you're talking about work culture, how often do we only do things at the office, right? We don't have things you know, where people can bring their families or different environments where we can experience people differently to allow ourselves to have this conversation. So I think you're hitting the nail on the head there of, you know, having a meeting is work. (laughs) And whenever you have those little conversations, let's say you're in the office with a bunch of cubicles or whatever it is, you know, that tends to be the work environment. Everybody's got their business hat on. You have to be intentional in creating those opportunities to have a different conversation in a different environment, create the environment in which you can connect with people outside of that. And I love it. Um, you know, in thinking of everything you said, different gifts, and you were talking about the writer, singer, you know, now published author, it, what it made me think of is diversity, right? Man, she had some skills and talents, none of which I have. I cannot sing a lick, right? <laughs> but God designed us so differently with so many unique talents and gifts, And I know diversity in the workplace is really a buzzword, but let's back it up and and think, can you imagine if everybody felt safe and free to step into what they're good at? Because here's the truth. And I'm just, I'll confess it. I, my gut reaction is to think that everybody thinks like me, has the same paradigm I have, even the same beliefs, and that they're going to work exactly like I have. And that's just not true. And that would make for a terrible team if you have a whole team of Bethany's. <laughs> so how, you know, I guess my question is really, can you imagine what the world would be like if everybody stepped out of their labels and their comfort zones and fanned the flames of their God-given yeah. gifts? Like take us on a journey of what that would look like. So I have a little illustration that I like to give and you'll laugh when you hear it. I don't know why most everything I'm talking about today has to do with food. But anyway, here's a food, food is amazing and wonderful and we all love era. it. <laughs> now we're going to talk about soup. So when I think about um, stirring up the gift that's inside of you, this is what I see. I see a giant pot that you would put on your stove and you're making vegetable soup. And inside that pot, you've got carrots and potatoes and onions and peas and all the other things that you've added. You've got tomato sauce. Maybe you've got some kind of meat and it's been simmering Mm -hmm. on the stove for a little while. Well, what happens if you don't stir it up? Eventually it's going to stick to the bottom and you're going to have this thick mass on the bottom and the rest of it's not going to taste very good. You have to occasionally go in and stir that pot. And the purpose of stirring the pot is to bring to the top the things that need for that time to be a little further away from the heat. And that's how we walk through seasons. Sometimes we go through these really hot burning seasons where we're settled way down low on that flame. And if we're not careful, we're going to get burnt down there. Mm -hmm. So me as a gift stirrer, I come in with the ladle and I see whoever out there in the pot and I say, oh, this one needs to be stirred up. Oh, that one needs to be stirred up. Why? For her protection, partly because maybe she's getting stuck where she is and needs somebody to come along and stir her so that she gets unstuck. But also, if you think about it like this, I'm stirring my pot of soup and suddenly I see things I didn't see before. Because I stirred it. Oh, I see the potatoes now. Oh, look at that little orange carrot. Isn't he cute? So I think, that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm being yeah. here. But the idea is 
that sometimes even in ourselves, if nobody comes along and stirs us up, we just don't see things. We mm-hmm. don't see ourselves as having the cute little orange carrot in our lives. We just see I'm stuck at the bottom of this pot. That's all we see. But the gift stirrers, um, the flame starters, whatever you want to call it, um, we're the ones, I think, who help people see the possibilities for where they could go. Yeah, it's so good. And and I want to tell a little personal story here. So Janice and I went to the same church just outside of Houston. And she was obedient in starting a small group for people who like to write. And now, mind you, I stepped into this of one, I am not a writer, but yeah, I have a bunch of words in my head that keep stirring. So I, I need to get them out. I need to write them down. And so through her obedience of, of hosting a safe group where I could come and I pretty much declare, I'm not a writer, but I have a lot of words. <laughs> and, and she stirred my pot so immensely, y'all, that you know, it helped me realize that, you know what, I am a writer and yes, I'm a speaker and yes, God created me to do these things, but it helped unlock all these burning messages that God has put on my heart to share with the world. And so, you know, I am now writing my own book and I'm so excited for what you've done in my life, just from being obedient to hosting an environment, right? We, we did it for, I don't even know how many weeks, maybe 13 weeks. Yeah, we met at Panera, which was awesome, of and course. we ate soup, so that <laughs> totally applies. I'm I'm following you, tracking you on that. But you called all of us out, and we were all from different walks of life, everything from teenagers to retired people, and we're all writing something different. But you stirred all of our pots, so I want to thank you for being You're obedient welcome. in that. And and guys, listening, girls listening, leaders listening, family members listening, if God is stirring your heart to host something or to invite someone somewhere, be obedient. Because again, you may have that label of, well, I don't have the credentials. I don't know how to call anything out and people are encouraged somebody when I don't know about that. Just be obedient. Let the Holy Spirit guide you in that. You don't like, she doesn't have to know anything about anything just to say, wow, I really see this in you. And that can set them on a path that's going to change the trajectory of their work in the kingdom. So Janice, thank you. You're welcome. Can I interject one thought? Oh, please. So as, sorry, I just jump in without you saying yes. Um, so the reason I recognize what I recognize in other people is because of the road I have walked. So the things mm. that you're going to recognize in other people, they're going to be so different than what I see. And so that's, that's what makes this whole thing about stirring the gifts so exciting. I may see that you're a writer. I may not see that you're struggling in you know, some situation at work or that a woman is struggling in her marriage or whatever. Other people will have the discernment to see those things and to do the stirring in those areas. But because I've spent so many years in the area that I've been in, which is writing, it just makes it easy for me to see, oh, she's a writer. Oh, he's Mm -hmm. a writer. And sometimes I tell people they're writers when they're really not. I tell all the time, I'm like, you're a writer, aren't you? And they're like, no, I can't string a sentence together. <laughs> I just assume yes. everybody's a writer. <laughs> and I love that. You know, and think about it again, if we're building our work environments and it could be at home or, or you know, in work, but if we're building those environments where everybody steps into what they're called to and everybody is encouraging and building up, then you are going to get that 360 perspective, not just mine. Obviously my eye is always bent towards leadership, but somebody else, your eye is bent towards writing. You know, if we are all in the same environment and we're all free to utilize those gifts and see them, then you're going to get the, again, the 360 view. And I love that. So Janice, in this whole concept, 
of being a fire starter in encouraging and stirring the pot of everybody's gifts so they can truly step into what God has called them to. You know, what are some key takeaways for our listeners that they can apply and grow in their leadership? So I think the first one is the hard one. I think we need to be vulnerable and we need to make ourselves available because so much of the time when we're business-minded, we're business-minded. We're not people-minded. And so we're hyper-focused on that next project, that next deadline. I've got to turn this book in by this date. Everybody go away and leave me alone. But I think one of the key things to being a fire starter is you have to see people. And you can't see people if you're just hunkered down all the time, focused on your stuff. Mm-hmm. So that, I think, is a prayer that God help me turn my eyes off my own work and my own self long enough to see these other people so that I can speak a word in timely fashion that could change the trajectory of somebody's life. Availability. That's so good. So good. We got to notice people. People want to be seen, heard, and valued, right? They're longing for that. And obviously the person who sees, hears, and values the most is God. But, you know, we are the hands and feet of Christ to help you know, get them to look up sometimes, but to get them to look up, we got to look up. We got to notice. So important. All right, Janice, what is one poor decision that you would warn our leaders to avoid? Ooh, okay. Because I know there's plenty out there, but just (laughs) give us one. (laughs) I would say that sometimes in the process of mentoring, you can go too far and get too attached to a person where they become too needy. And you become their all in all. And they're always looking to you to solve whatever they're going through. If they have a problem, they want you to fix it. And I have it, you have to skate a very fine line there between giving and being in a codependent relationship with somebody that you're mentoring, which is why it's been so helpful for me to know so many other professionals in the field that I can say, oh, if you really need help with X, Y, Z, I know somebody who does that. You're going to have to pay for it, but I'm going to direct you to my friend over here who actually does that for a business. Mm -hmm. And that way it alleviates some of the pressure on me to feel like I have to do everything for Mm -hmm. this person. That's not why God put me there. He put me there to stir them up and get them started. Another thing I'm learning is I, you know, they're always, will you read my book? Will you edit this for me? No, I don't have time for all that. But I wrote a course on fiction writing. I'll send you my course for free. I'd love to. It's an old one. I don't use it anymore. So it's easier for me now that I have this information from years gone by to just click it to an email and say, there you Mm -hmm. go. Janice isn't available to teach you these 400 things. But if you read this, you're going to learn those 400 things. Man, that's so good. So walk that fine line where you are serving, but you're not developing codependency. (laughs) So good in the mentorship (laughs) relationship. We all need to hear that too, because sometimes it's nice to be needed, right? (laughs) We have to be very careful. We can't do it all. All right, Janice, thank you so much. So where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Sure. So I have an author website. It's JaniceAThompson.com. And you can find out anything you want to know about my books on that site. I occasionally blog on that site. These days, I have a monetized baking blog, which is out of the box baking. And um, I'm posting, I would say, at least two or three recipes a week, plus some other tips and tricks for baking. So there's a lot on out of the box Mm -hmm. baking that you can find. Um, Also, I'm on Facebook quite a bit, posting on 
there. And um, I am at Janice Hannah Thompson on Facebook. And I think it's Janice Thompson author Baker on Instagram. But um, yeah, I don't know. My friend is like, you need to streamline all of these. You need to be out of the box (laughs) making everywhere. I'm like, girl, it's too late. I've already got all these books out and I've got readers who are looking for me under my real name. So I did exactly what they tell you not to do. You know how they tell you to brand yourself and just do one thing and do it well. I'm like, no, I want to write novels. I want to write nonfiction books. I want to (laughs) bake. But see, you're so creative. You are truly the creative in all of that. And guys, her out-of-the-box baking, what I love and appreciate about it, out-of-the-box, she starts with a box, and we can all bake out of a box, all right? So go grab the box of whatever recipe, and that's how she starts you off. But you should see the outcomes of what she makes. Not only have I seen it, but I have also (laughs) tasted it, and it was delicious. (laughs) So... Um, not only is she a writer, uh, you know, a speaker, she writes all these creative things. She's a baker, but you've been a mentor in my life, especially stepping into this new world of writing and speaking. And I just I thank you for that. And guys, so much wisdom here given by Janice that it's not just about you notice other people and whatever kind of journey you've walked on when you notice skills, gifts, talents, stir them up in other people. That's how you can serve them well. So thank you so much, Janice, for being on the podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. See you again. (laughs) Absolutely. I've been so excited about this interview. All right, guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the central rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Hey, it's Bethany again. If you're enjoying the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss a single episode. Also, be sure to rate the show. We hope to earn five stars in serving you in leadership, and through your ratings, it'll help us get the word out about what we do here at Leadership on the Rocks. If you feel this podcast is helpful, be sure to share it with your friends, family, and coworkers, or anyone who wants to grow in leadership, but also have harmony between their work and home life. Thanks, and I'll see you again in the next episode.